three big stories for the Oklahoma Sooners this week. Oklahoma basketball getting started. The college football playoff rankings are revealed. And, well, guess what? Iowa State comes to town as the Sooners return to action on the gridiron after taking a beating against the Kansas State Wildcats and then having to suffer through the subsequent bye week. What's up, everybody? Sooner Nation podcast. I am Matt Hofeld flying solo once again. And uh, let's talk about all three of these things exactly in that order. Um, Look, it was a quiet debut for Oklahoma basketball, but it was an impressive debut for Oklahoma basketball. Those who tuned in either by going to the Lloyd Noble Center to watch the game or watching it on the Sooner Sports Network, um, you know, I said in the recap, kind of a edge of your seat type situation in the first half. Slow start, 36-36, the ball game at the break, but Oklahoma pulls away, uh, ultimately win this game comfortably, 85-67 over UTSA. Um, and here's the thing, the guard play that Oklahoma, this is going to be one of those bold statements that's, Going to sound just like maybe a hot take after only one game. But the guard play that Oklahoma has this season may be the best combined guard play that they've had since, I'm going to go and say maybe the final four year with Buddy Hield, uh, Isaiah Cousins, and that group. And I know that that huge shoes to fill. And, and I also know that they, there have been some good guards that have come through since the Buddy Hield days. I don't know, this guy that plays for the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young, maybe you've heard of him. But I'm talking about collective guard play, not one individual. There's no Buddy Hill on this team at this point. Certainly there's no Trey Young on this team at this point. But collectively, the guard play for Oklahoma, based off of a one-game sample size, it's going to be fun. And if you're a fan of basketball, certainly if you're a fan of the Sooners, these guys are worth checking in. I mean, why not? Why not turn on the TV? Why not pay 10 bucks and go down to the Lloyd Noble Center? Because I think, once again, Lon Kruger, working his magic, has the opportunity to do something special with these guys. Not at all. Don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not calling for a Big 12 championship. I'm not calling for a run for the Final Four. What I am saying is that the foundation there, right now in Norman, a bunch of young guys, the foundation is there for Lon Kruger to build something with them. You know, there was only one senior on this team. And by the way, that guy didn't even get to play Tuesday night in the season opener due to an NCAA violation, just a one-game suspension, nothing major going on there, nothing to get worried about, nothing even to get upset about, but Kristen Doolittle played in an un, um, unlicensed, as I guess the best phrase to say that, unapproved uh, uh, pickup game over the summer, and he suffers the consequences of having to face a one-game suspension. That suspension is served, but the point I'm making is there's only one senior on this team, and they didn't even have him in an 18-point win to start the season. You know who they do have? They have Devion Harmon and they have Austin Reeves. These two guys combined for 46 points. And Reeves may be the guy that's really overlooked. Lon Kruger brought in a great class. This, this freshman class that Lon Kruger has right now, when I'm talking about foundation, when I'm talking about building something, this class is special. So there's some good talent. There are, there are some guys on this team 
like Harmon who may not be four-year guys. They may be two-year guys. They may be three-year guys. Now, they, they could end up being a Buddy Hill type guy, just get better every year, have a you know have an impactful freshman campaign, get better, get better, get better, where you're the best player in the country. Harmon could end up being that kind of guy. But he could also end up being the kind of guy who's only around for two years and then can make some money somewhere else. The bottom line is this freshman class that Long Kruger brought in is really, really good. But maybe because of the quality of this freshman class, maybe we overlook the impact that Austin Reeves would have on this team. He's not a freshman. He's not new to the team. He's actually been on campus for two years, transferred out of Wichita State into Norman, had to sit on, you know, sit out last season, do the NCAA transfer role, but comes out there and, and just puts on a clinic. Now, he's a volume shooter, okay? Don't, don't get me wrong. Okay, this kid, he, he likes to put the ball in the air. I think he had like 20 shots, 20 shot attempts, hit almost half of them. He's a volume shooter guy. But he's going to be a, a guy that really, if he, if, especially the nights that he catches fire, you know, those nights where he can't miss. I mean, it was an okay night shooting. I think 9 of 20 is what he was. I don't have the box score in front of me. I probably should since I'm recording a podcast, right? But, I mean, it, it was an okay night. Definitely wasn't above a 50% shooting night for him, but he still posted 23 points. And what does the true freshman point guard do? Oh, yeah, he, he's going to throw 23 points as well. 46 points combined. The, the team scored 85. Half of the points came by two guys. That's what I'm talking about. This guard play is going to be fun. They're, they're deep at the guard position. It's worth checking into. And and there was rightfully so if you're monitoring social media during that game, even after that game, I saw some things on Wednesday talking about the slow start. And I, and I mentioned that, you know, kind of edge of your seat. Oh my gosh, are we going to be terrible type type emotions? If you're watching that first half, this is university of Texas, San Antonio. Oh, you're playing. You're not playing the Kansas state Wildcats. Certainly not playing the Kansas Jayhawks. And you find yourself at a draw 36, 36 through the first 20 minutes of the game. But then, like I said, Oklahoma takes control. I think at one point they won a 14 to nothing run there in the second half. I think I think Ken, uh, can't say and I got Kansas State on the brain. I think UTSA scored first. I'm just going by recollection here. UTA scored. UTSA scored first to go up 38-36, and then I think from that point on, Oklahoma went on a 14 to nothing run. The slow start is kind of expected. Think about the situation. You got a, a true freshman point guard making his first ever start on not just for Oklahoma, but first ever start on the collegiate level. Austin Reeves making his first start in Norman. Kristen Doolittle's out for the game. So you got a bunch of guys on the floor, four of the five. Well, none of them, four of the five really first timers making their first ever start in an Oklahoma uniform. And then you got Brady Manick, a junior out there, the only guy who knows what it's like to suit up for this team, to walk off the floor a winner or to walk off the floor a loser for Long Kruger. He knows what to expect in the locker room pregame and postgame. He's the only guy out there in that starting five who knows what to expect. So it shouldn't have been a surprise that they, that they got off to a little bit of a slow start in the first half. I think what we really need to do, though, is focus on the second half. 
when things begin to click for this team and then to ask yourself this question, how much better are they going to be Saturday when they play Minnesota with Kristen Doolittle? You're going to have your senior available on Saturday. It could be a game changer. Absolutely could be a game changer. And by the way, when we're talking about this Oklahoma basketball team and we're talking about uh, Brady Manick being the only guy out there, oh, he put off a quiet 16 points. I mean, we're, we're talking about Austin Reeves. We're talking about Devian Harmon. We're not talking about Brady Manick, who just a ho-hum 16-point night. It's a pretty good team. Uh, again, I, I, I said this whenever the Big 12 – preseason rankings came out. I, I don't think this team is going to get up there and compete with the Kansas States and the Kansases. And, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know they're going to be the top one, two or three in the big 12, but I certainly don't think they're going to be the bottom six, seven, eight or nine or 10 in the big 12. I think they'll be right around five. I, I do. I, I think there's that possibility there. Now we'll see. It's a long season. Teams sometimes uh, get better and seem sometimes get worse. What we've seen from Long Kruger in the last two seasons has been an outstanding a team that plays outstanding basketball, non-conference, and then kind of like when conference season rolls around, it's it's like you know everybody has your number. So what do you do there? And we've seen this team take a little bit of a nosedive the last two years. We've seen this team take a nosedive when conference play started. That's what you got to watch for. Watch watch the non-conference games. This game against Minnesota on Saturday should be fun. Watch the non-conference games. Get to know the names. Get to see the development of the players. But let's wait. Let's wait till January rolls around. And this team's suiting up against the teams in conference. That's one you're going to be able to see if this team has um, improved or not improved. That's going to be the telltale sign. And it's really kind of the no-duh Captain Obvious statement there. All right, Oklahoma, Iowa State this Saturday night in Norman. It's as big as they get for the Sooners coming out number nine this week in the college football playoff rankings. Oklahoma has to make up ground. That means you got to win. And also – some style points that come into play as well. It's the first time in a long time Oklahoma has been able to see the Sooners at night, which is a whole new atmosphere in Norman if you've never experienced that. And the weather is supposed to be pretty mild and pretty good. What I'm saying is you need tickets to this game. If you've never been, if you want to go or you want to go, Vivid Seats is your place. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for the events you want to go to. You can sort by price, or you can look at seats in the section or the row of your choice. It's all available also in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. They call it Vivid Seats Rewards. You go to the App Store or Google Play, you download Vivid Seats apps, and the fans are automatically enrolled in Vivid Seats Reward Loyalty Program. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more, Vivid Seats has everything you want. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program today. And then we'll make it even better for you. When it's time to buy, new users enter the promo code OVERTIME at checkout and you'll receive a discount of up to $100. Get those tickets. Go and cheer Saturday night, Oklahoma, Iowa State.
College football playoff rankings, all kinds of mixed emotions on this. Look, I, I thought Oklahoma would be around number seven. Okay, so even I'm coming in this thing going, eh, could have been better, but it could have been worse, but it could have been better. Not going to lie, I was surprised to see Ohio State number one. I really thought LSU would – I really did. I mean, I just – LSU seems to be the flavor of the month, if you'll let me use not, – not that they're not a good team. This is a good team. But I thought they'd be number one. I mean, that flavor of the month kind of thing is uh, – we'll see how that plays out Saturday after after they play at Bama. I was surprised Clemson's number five and not number four. I, I had I had Penn State at number five, but look, if you if you listen to this podcast, I'm a long way from being like an expert, but if you listen to this podcast, I've been I've been saying Penn State is the dangerous team all season long. So they're number four. Clemson's on the outside looking. I I just I'll get to that in a minute. Oklahoma number nine. That what right now the way this playoff committee views this is Oklahoma is the fourth best one loss team in the nation. Now we we knew we we knew from the minute that that game ended in Manhattan, Kansas, that Oklahoma was going to need help. We knew that they're going to need to find some favor with the voters, um, the people who make these decisions with the playoff committee. And they're going to need some teams in front of them to lose. One of them is going to lose on Saturday. LSU and Alabama play. One of the top four is out. I, I, I don't think the loser of that game drops. Or I, I don't think the loser of that game stays in the top four. If Alabama, I, I, here's what I think. I've, I heard people talking about if Alabama wins, LSU loses, then, then they just swap places. Bama becomes number two. LSU becomes number three. I, I think if Bama wins or LSU wins, they become number one. That's my opinion. Next week, the winner of this game will be number one. Ohio State will slide to two, but the loser is not going to be in the top four. And the reason why is because of Clemson. You cannot have a one-loss Alabama, one-loss LSU. As much as there is bias out there towards the SEC, you cannot have a one-loss team ahead of an undefeated Clemson team. It can't happen. But now what I think can happen is that that loser will drop to five. And if the loser of LSU and Alabama swaps places with Clemson, meaning Clemson's in the top four, that loser's out of the top four, four, but at number five, then Oklahoma's got really big problems. They do. Now, if they drop lower than five, I'm not saying they have to be behind Oklahoma, but if they drop lower than five, if they say they go to six or seven, that's actually good news for Oklahoma. It means there's, there's ground to gain there. I think you could see Georgia slide. With this loser. But look, we, we've got no reason to be upset. We've got no reason to complain as Oklahoma fans. The team has no reason to be upset. The team has no reason to complain. We knew going in, we knew waiting on the release of these rankings, what it was going to tell us was that we knew, I mean, here's what we knew. We knew that when these rankings released, 
that Oklahoma was going to need help. Right? I mean, did anybody seriously expect Oklahoma to be top four? I mean, if you did, it's just ridiculous. Especially when there's five undefeated teams right there jockeying for four spots. We knew they were going to need help. What what you want at this point, if you're an Oklahoma fan, you want to be in the conversation. And that's where they are. That's the best case scenario for you, is that you are going to be in the conversation. Now, what's going to have to happen, like we we said, teams are going to have to lose. That's going to begin on Saturday. And any time a team loses, it shakes things up a little bit. Remember, in college football, regardless of whether it was the old voting style, whether it was the BCS, or whether it's the college football playoff, it's not necessarily how you lose, but it's when you lose. Oklahoma with a late season loss. We haven't seen this team, I mean, and I said this after it happened, you know, we haven't seen this team on the field since October. I mean, it's January 7th when I'm recording this podcast. January 7th, that's it's November 7th. Feels like January, right? It's November 7th when I'm recording this podcast. So that's kind of the last lasting memory that we have of Oklahoma is walking off the field in Manhattan as a loser. They can they can begin to ride that ship Saturday with Iowa State. We're going to talk about the Cyclones here in just a little bit, though. But you need teams to lose in front of you. Oregon needs to lose. Utah needs to lose. Georgia. I, look, I, I'm not worried about Georgia. I'm really not. Georgia's, Georgia needs a miracle on their own. Georgia needs to win the SEC to get in the playoff. And Georgia is not in position to win the SEC. Oklahoma needs to win the Big 12 to get into the playoff. Oklahoma is in position to win the Big 12. That's why I'm not worried about Georgia. Georgia will slide in this thing. Oklahoma needs some teams to lose, and then they need to make some noise. You, you're a one week away from securing a big-time game against the Baylor Bears on the road in Waco, Texas. If Oklahoma doesn't, If Oklahoma runs the table like we all expect them to do, If Oklahoma wins the Big 12 like we all expect them to, there's zero chance they'll be number nine in that final playoff ranking. Now, they're going to be top four? I don't know. Depends on how much stuff happens ahead of them. But there's zero chance they'll be nine. I think they'll be in front of Georgia at that point. But one of the things that they got to do is win a big game at Baylor. So if you're an Oklahoma fan, you need to cheer for Baylor, and we'll get to that at the end of the podcast. But I think Baylor's going to have their hands full against TCU this weekend. Oklahoma, no reason to complain. You want someone who has a who needs a reason to complain? How about Clemson, defending national champions on the outside looking in on the first set of polls, first set of rankings. Clemson, the defending national champions, outside looking in to two SEC schools and two Big Ten schools. And I know you've, I know you've heard me say this, but I got to say it again. I got to say it again. I told you guys the Big Ten was going to be a problem this year. I told you they were going to be a problem. Two SEC schools, two Big Ten schools, defending national champion, outside looking in. Clemson's got a reason to complain. How about Baylor? 
Beta's got a reason to complain. Number 12. How about Minnesota? We talked about the Big Ten. Goodness gracious. Minnesota's, Minnesota's undefeated. Playing in the Big Ten. We talked about the strength of the Big Ten conference. And you know, again, if you listen to this podcast, I, I've compared them to being the Baylor of the Big Ten, right? Minnesota's 17. Undefeated 17 in this poll. They can complain. They can say, well, we're just not being treated fairly. They can say people are overlooking us. They can say people don't respect us. To be number nine and in the conversation after walking off the field a loser your last time out, yeah, you can you don't need to complain about that. Baylor's not in the conversation. Minnesota's not in the conversation. Yet they're both undefeated. That's something to think about if you're an Oklahoma fan. That's that's a little bit of perspective. Doesn't make the Kansas State loss any easier. But what it does is give us a little bit of perspective. Here we are in the month of November. For me as an Oklahoma fan, it's it's it's, it's November traditionally has been a great month. The team, the team you know, Dubs this championship November. Basketball started. It's it's all there. You know, all of the football that's going on this month of college hoops, NBA, NHL, golf, racing, you name it. My bookie is the place to get in on the action. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, maybe you should try parlay. For instance, you like a couple of big favorites this weekend. Parlays are the perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Of course, there's also props and futures, in-game betting available is all there. My bookie currently has Oklahoma as 14.5 point favorites over Iowa State. Do you like that or do you hate it? If you join my bookie right now, they will match your deposit halfway. That means all the way up to $1,000. If you put down $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. They take your deposit and they match it halfway. All you have to do is use the promo code OVERTIME. That's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E. Use the promo code OVERTIME to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code OVERTIME to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So let's talk about the Iowa State Cyclones. Let's talk about this game in Norman. Let me let me talk about the danger zone here first. Iowa State comes into this game sitting at five and three on the season, three and two on, on in Big Twelve. They were top twenty-five until Oklahoma State just knocked them off the week after they get, they get ranked. But here here's what you got to look at. A lot of people make the mistake of just looking at the record and saying five and three. This team, you know, this team doesn't belong on the same field with Oklahoma. They shouldn't compete with the Sooners. You know, their, their three losses have come by a combined 10 points. Think about that. Three losses by a combined 10 points. Now, if you've, if you've been paying attention in college football, if you know anything about, about this team, know anything about the Big 12, then what you know is they lost to Oklahoma State by a touchdown. All right? Follow me here. They lost to Oklahoma State by seven. That means their other two losses – came by a combined three points. 
They have a one-point loss and a two-point loss on their schedule. This team is better than their 5-3 and three record indicates. This team is better than their 2-3 and three record in the Big 12 indicates. They have an extremely underrated quarterback. You got a guy, Brock Purdy. He's a young guy. He's completing 68.5% of his passes. He's got 15 touchdowns on the season. He, he, Brock Purdy is that perfect example of the blue-collar worker. All he does, he goes to work, rolls up his sleeves, and he gets the job done. Uh, like this, 20, almost 2,600 yards on the season. This is not, this is not a team. If you're an Oklahoma fan, this is not a team you should feel comfortable with. Uh, again, I, I'm, I'm a, um, I, I love, so I, I want to say connoisseur. I don't know if that's the right word or not. I, I follow social media. You can follow us uh, on Twitter, by the way, at Sports Heartland on Twitter. <clears throat> We're there. I follow social media. And and I'm seeing the things that are, that are coming out about this game and the potential and, and this. Let me tell you something. Saturday night might be a little bit of a wake-up call for some people. Now, don't, don't misinterpret or misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not calling for Oklahoma to be upset. I'm not calling for the loss. Okay. But what I am saying, this is the, the 11 guys that are going out there on defense are going to be the 11 guys that were just steamrolled by Kansas State. The 11 guys going out there on offense are going to be the 11 guys who just kind of bogged down in the second and third quarters and had the deer in the headlight look. And this is a very potent and very dangerous Iowa State team because they're physical. This is Brace Hall, this kid, the running back, the 5.9 yards a carry. If you you can't you can't look at a 5.9 yard per carry average by a true freshman, by the way. See a true freshman or redshirt freshman. Let's just call him a freshman. I mean, 5.9 yards a carry is that's. If you've got more than three carries under your belt, that that's pretty impressive. And by the way, he has 81 carries under his belt. So if you're Oklahoma's defense, I mean, you, first of all, you you've got to rebound. You you got to put Manhattan behind you. It was two weeks ago. By the time you think think about it from this perspective, I mean, I, I know I've said this all along. I'm a fan. Before I write any article for Heartland Sports, before I record any audio for a podcast, I'm a fan. And so I was disappointed. I was frustrated. I was a little bit angered. We, we've talked about the emotions if you've listened to the podcast. But imagine being the players. Imagine being one of these guys on this team thinking you've got a shot, that this is your year. You're playing better on defense. You've got Jalen Hurts at your court, as your quarterback. This is a year where everything's different. But it's, everything's the same. And you walk off the field a loser at Kansas State. You see the nation's longest road winning streak come to an end. And with that, maybe you see your playoff hopes come to an end. And then the next week you can't go play football. 
And the week after that, you got to wait until nighttime, 7 p.m. kickoff. This is a team that's hungry, but they've got to play under control. Because Iowa State does enough things well, just like Kansas State, they do enough good things where they can hurt you. You got a quarterback completing almost 70%, was rounded up 68.5% of his passes, and you got a running back averaging 5.9 yards per carry. Going up against a defense that was just thrashed by a very underwhelming Kansas State offense. I mean, you. this is going to be work. I would say it's going to score points, guys. But if you're, if you're Oklahoma's defense, I, I, I think what you want to focus on here is stopping the run with your base personnel. We've talked about that in the past. What the, basically what that means is you don't have to commit extra guys to the box to stop the run. When you're trying to find Brees Hall, you, you want your, your front seven to get him. Okay, your front two lines of defense. You want your defensive line and your linebackers to be able to swallow that up. Because that, that allows you to maintain your focus on guys like Deshante Jones, who's averaging 11.3 yards per catch, or guys like uh, the Milton kid, who's averaging almost 22 yards a catch. And when you, when you see that, he has 22 yards, 21.8 yards per catch. What, has he got like three catches on the season? No, he's got 24. 24 catches on the season, 524 yards, two touchdowns, averaging 21.8 yards per catch. Pretty good tight end coming Oklahoma's way. Charlie Kohler, 14.3 yards per catch. By the way, a team high five touchdowns. You've got things you got to worry about if you're that secondary. When you got a tight end like that, I mean, your safeties, big, big game for Oklahoma safeties, which makes you wonder, what about DTL? Is he going to be healthy? Is he be healthy enough, or, or is he out? You see, there, there, there are things in this offense that if you can't stop the run with base, if you can't stop the run without committing extra personnel, it's, it's going to be kind of rough. Oklahoma absolutely has to stop the run with base personnel. And after that, they've got to bring pressure. they they got to put pressure on Brock Purdy. Remember, this is a kid who's been around the block. He's young, but he's experienced. His first start came in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He led the Iowa State Cyclones to an upset win over Oklahoma State. Yeah, he's been around eight games. He's been sacked 11 times. You're not going to rattle him early, but if you bring pressure, you can get him thinking. If you bring pressure, you can get him having to get rid of the ball. Just a second earlier, you can have Take one progression away with him uh, from him with pressure. I got to do that. Absolutely, one hundred percent have to do that. And it becomes so much more complicated to bring pressure if you can't stop a running back with base. That's why it always goes back to that. And man, if, if Oklahoma's defense can can get a turnover or two, that's just that's putting them in good shape. Because the defense that Oklahoma's going up against with their offense, it's not a lump of coal either. I would say it comes in this game averaging 226 yards allowed through the air, 113.3 yards on the ground. 
Lincoln Riley's got his, I mean, he's got his hands full. And and we we've been talking about things, you know, we talked about what we hope that they fix during the bye week. And one of the things that we hope that they fix was figuring out what to do with the running backs. Look, the, the key to offensive success this week for Oklahoma is very easy. You got a team that's given up. They're stingy, especially compared to, to Big 12 standards. You know, they're, they're giving up less than 250 yards a game of, of total offense. So they're stingy. They're good. They're disciplined. They're physical. So how do you beat that? You find balance. I, I, I'm, I'm a big Jalen Hurts fan. I know you are as well. But you got to use Trey Sermon. You got to use Kennedy Brooks. Let let Jalen Hurts get his yards that come naturally. I get it. He he's going to drop back to pass. He's going to see an opening and he's going to run. Let that happen. But feed the beast for crying out loud. Give Trey Sermon a carry. Or seven or eight or nine or ten. Give Kennedy Brooks an opportunity to show why he's one of the better, more explosive backs in the Big 12. That Oklahoma's got to find their balance. If they can be balanced, if, if, they can, if they can run the ball, then they're going to be able to pass the ball. I, yeah, I know that sounds cheesy, but it's just fact. But to make that happen, they've got to run the ball with more than just Jalen Hurts. You've got to have a defense on this defense, this Iowa State defense. They've watched the film. Okay. They know that Kennedy Brooks is averaging eight yards a carry. They know that. They know that Trey Sermon is averaging seven yards a carry. They know that. But you know what else they know? They know that Jalen Hurts has scored 13 rushing touchdowns. All right. They know that Jalen Hurts has carried the ball more than twice as many times as Kennedy Brooks. They know that Jalen Hurts has carried the ball almost twice as many times as Trey Sermon. They know that. So what are they going to be focused on? They're going to be focusing on the tendency of Jalen Hurts to keep the ball. And that just, I said this in the last podcast, that opens the door for the zone read type plays. Just opens the door because the key is going to be Jalen Hurts, and this isn't this isn't an easy peasy lemon squeezy defense. You got to have your running backs involved as more than just blockers. You got to have your running backs involved as more than just decoys. Because listen, when that when that play fake goes in to the gut of Kennedy Brooks, that defensive end, that linebacker, they're still going to be focused on Jalen Hurts. Because more than greater than 50% of the time, two to one, he's keeping the ball or giving it to Kennedy Brooks. That's what the stats tell you. That's what the film tells you. And they've seen it. They've seen the stats. They've seen the film. If you find balance, do you beat this defense pretty good? Now the question we have to ask ourselves are they going to find balance? This could be a big day. I really do believe this could be a big day for Kennedy Brooks. 
You, I mean, we, we want to talk about players to keep an eye on. I think defensively, it's a, it's a big, big day for Kenneth Murray. You got to keep an eye on Kenneth Murray. I think defensively, it's a big, big day for Buki nickelback position with the way that the way that uh, Iowa State likes to use their their tight end, particularly in the red zone. Keep an eye on the nickel position. Buki is going to be outmanned, outsized. Watch that. See what happens. That's going to be a big position to watch. But you want to flip over to the offensive side of the ball, man. It it can be a big day for a Kennedy Brooks. It can be, if, if Oklahoma can find the balance, it can be a big day for C.D. Lamb. And it can be a big day for Jalen Hurts. Remember, Jalen Hurts, and I mean, even Kyler Murray said it, right? Right now, Jalen Hurts, that, that loss, you know, set him back in the Heisman Trophy race. Everybody's looking towards Baton Rouge, Louisiana right now, as far as the Heisman Trophy race goes. And Joe Burrow is in the driver's seat. He's got the big marquee matchup against Alabama this Saturday. Jalen Hurts needs a big game. Where does that come from? It comes from balance. It comes from being able to use the running backs effectively. That's just, that's a humble man's take on what Oklahoma has to do offensively to win this game. But I said the same thing after at Kansas State. And we saw how that turned out. I don't know. I, mean, I doubt Lincoln Riley's a listener to the Sooner Nation podcast. All right, if you're an Oklahoma fan, here's your Big 12 rundown. You need to uh, – here's what you need to be looking at. Baylor at TCU, 11 a.m. kickoff, Fox Sports 1. Texas Tech, West Virginia, 11 a.m. kickoff, ESPN 2. 2.30, Kansas State at Texas, ESPN. And then 7 o'clock, Iowa State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma fans, you need to be big fans of the Baylor Bears and you need to be big fans of the Kansas State Wildcats. That's that's the way that's the way it works out for you. You need Baylor right now, number twelve in the AP poll, number twelve in the college football playoff poll. You need him to be number ten. You need him in that top ten. You need a top ten matchup in Waco next weekend. And they're at TCU, four and four in the season, two and three in the Big Twelve. TCU with a loss last week, followed you know the week after. Upsetting Texas. I, I think I think Baylor comes out of this game with a win. But I also think there's a potential, I don't know, a trap game, so to speak, here. here here's what you gotta here's what you gotta ask yourself. Baylor's sitting at eight and right now in the season, looking to go nine and so they can face Oklahoma at home in Waco. They're on the outside looking in when it comes to the playoff conversation. We just talked about that a little bit ago. Who has more pressure, Baylor or Oklahoma? Oklahoma's already lost. So who has the pressure here? I think there's a chance Baylor overlooks TC just a little bit, just enough to make this a a close game. I think it's a one-score game. I really do. I think Baylor wins, and that's what Oklahoma fans want. Texas Tech, West Virginia, I mean, do we really want to talk about that game? Do we really care about that game? 
I, I think Texas Tech gets the win on the road, becomes a step closer to bowl eligibility. Maybe maybe gets a little little bit of pressure off of Matt Wells. I don't know. Here's the big game that you're looking at as an Oklahoma fan outside of the Iowa State. Kansas State at Texas. Oklahoma fans get to cheer for Texas to lose because it doesn't matter. Texas winning this game does not help you, does not help your case. Kansas State's number 16 in the country. Texas is not ranked. Kansas State is bowl eligible. Texas is not. You need Kansas State. We need Kansas State. We want Kansas State to win this game. Do not buy into the argument. You've heard me harp on this. Do not buy into the argument that Texas has to be good for the Big 12 to look good. Because for a decade it hasn't been that hasn't been the case. And I know there's there's that guy out there, Joe from Anadarko, is going to say, well, they beat Texas last year in the Big 12 championship game, and that's what got him in the playoff. Because that's what Joe from Anadarko sounds like. By the way, Joe from Anadarko, if you're really out there, I'm sorry. You know, the year before, in 2017, they beat TCU in the Big 12 championship game and got into the playoff. It's the fact that they won the Big 12 championship game. Not that they beat Texas, not that they beat TCU, but they won the conference championship. You don't need, do not buy into this. You do not need Texas to win. You don't need Texas to be good. What you need is Kansas State to keep have people looking at them. You need Kansas State to be 7-2 and two on the season, 4-2 and two in the Big 12, ranked inside the top 15, not just on the outside. Oklahoma fans, it's the best of both worlds. You get to watch Kansas State and cheer against Texas. If Kansas State wins, it helps your cause. And Texas loses. <laughs> I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. By the way, I do think Kansas State gets the upset win here. Wildcats number 16 in the nation. They go into Austin, Texas as a seven-point underdog right now, according to our friends over at MyBookie. But there's just so much going on in Texas right now. Ellinger was terrible against TCU. TCU did not look good against Oklahoma State. Did I say Ellinger was terrible? I mean, I'm serious. Guy was terrible. And he is their offense. Kansas, Kansas State is very physical. Again, we, we talked about the guys leaving, going to the transfer portal. We talked about the recruits decommitting. There was so much going on right now. So, yeah, Texas is getting some players back. But you really just got to wonder where they are mentally. I think this is a physical, this is a fun game to watch. Don't miss this game. If you're home in the afternoon, I know there's an opportunity to channel flip. Watch this game. I think it'll be fun. And I think Kansas sneaks out with a, like a field goal type win. Something like 31 28, you know, 34 31. I think it's going to be a fun game. Don't miss it. And that leaves us Iowa State, Oklahoma. Here's your big score prediction. Um, Oklahoma needs a big win in this game. They need an impressive win in this game. I think they get a double-digit win. I do. I, I got Oklahoma 45-34. to 34. 
I think this is, again, it's going to bring some frustration for Oklahoma fans. I expect the crowd to be electric because Oklahoma fans are just excited about finally having a night game again. I think Oklahoma 45-34, 11-point win. I, I think Oklahoma moves up potentially one spot maybe after this win. But it sets up next weekend, and next weekend is the big weekend for Oklahoma football. Next weekend, if Oklahoma wins this game, if they win it by a half a point, right? I think obviously more than that is going to happen. But Oklahoma wins this game. Next weekend at Waco will be the biggest weekend, biggest game of the season for Oklahoma football. So let's watch it happen. Have a fantastic weekend. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on iTunes. Our iTunes is gone. Apple Podcast, Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We'd love to hear your feedback. Hit us up on Twitter at Sports Heartland. Thanks again for listening. I'm Matt Hofeld, Sooner Sports. Oh, my gosh. I almost made a big – because I'm going through Twitter. <laughs> Sooner Nation Podcast. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Boomer Sooner. <laughs>